0: <laughs> mean old lion Media and Sunseeker TV, in association with Carl Anthony Payne Entertainment,
1: present Black Arm of the Law.
0: Welcome, Black. Black as always, Black as ever. Blacker than Black. Welcome back. To the Black Arm of the Law. Another beautiful episode. Um, today's guest is a very good friend of mine. A special guest, very, very good friend of mine. Uh, Mr. Oscar Jesse. Oscar has about four first names, but we only going to use two of them right now. <laughs> Uh, uh, his last name is a first name as well. So <laughs> I never met nobody with full names, all first names. But we're we, we, we going we to let him introduce that in a second. Wow. What can I say? Um, Met this man. Um, Actually, let me. Hey, I'll tell the story. I'll tell the story. Uh, I, I'm actually, I'm going to let you tell the story. I'm going to let you tell the story. You tell the story better than I do, probably. Well, first of all, introduce yourself to everybody, man. Tell them your full name.
2: Hello, my name is Oscar Darryl Jesse. That's three names.
0: Yeah, serial killer. Most serial killers have three names, <laughs> too. Greetings. But it's all good. It's all good. All right, man. Uh, tell, tell the people how we met.
2: We actually met... Uh, one day I was out in my yard cutting my grass. And uh, I see someone running up the hill, up the street. And while they jogging, I'm like, look out here. It's it's, it's Carl Payne. (laughs) And Carl Payne ran up in my yard. And I'm like, oh, man, what did I do to have this blessing come over me? And ever since then, when I met him, we just bonded together. We started talking and then we met again on tour. Yep. On a play.
0: Yep. 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 Uh, uh, I was... uh... There's a, a gentleman uh, who I've worked with uh, numerous of times as well. Uh, he goes by the name of Jakarius Johnson, and he um, is a quality playwright, writer. And, uh, you know, I've done several tours with him and he hired um, uh, Oscar to be his personal security while on tour. And so when I ran into him again, I'm looking at him like, man, don't I know you from somewhere. <laughs> and he like, yeah, man. we met in my yard, and that's yard with two syllables, yard. <laughs> met in my yard, and uh, nah. I mean this this man right here has just got a beautiful spirit, a, a humble spirit, um, and and he, you know just all around good guy, you know, and really passionate about what he does, and just uh passionate about about pretty much everything that he does. Yeah. And and he's just good people, man. He's been good people. And he's been in my life now for about how many years, about five years or so?
2: About five, going on six. This year is six. Yeah,
0: going, going on six years, man. And I thought, what better person to have on the show? So tell us a little bit about where you're from and what you do.
2: Well, I'm from Dallas, Texas. Uh, I'm now the captain here in Atlanta of the FAA, the first black captain here in Atlanta at Hartsfield-Jackson a Traffic Control Tower. <laughs> yeah, so I actually been doing, I was a police officer in uh, Michigan, in the suburb of Southfield, Michigan, for Northland uh, Police Department for six years. Um, If you want to know the reason why I became a police officer, call. I'll tell you why. Let's go. I had uh, three of my brothers that went out one night to celebrate the other brother's birthday when I I was in college back in the 80s. And I didn't go. I was on the phone talking to uh, a girlfriend of mine saying I didn't want to go. I just wanted to stay on the phone and talk to her since I just got home. And uh, some guys was trying to uh, take out one of my brothers. In the process, they was chasing him in the car. And my other brother that died, he actually grabbed the wheel to. Avoid them from running head on into another vehicle, which in terms he did not have on the seatbelt, but my other brother did have on the seatbelt. My other brother was in the back of the car. It was a cutlass. a 1980 some cutlass. And uh as they were shooting, they, was bumped, they, uh, they bumped the uh, rear of the car when he grabbed the steering wheel. When they bumped it, it flipped him in the mid but they did not hit the other car. And then he was thrown from the car and the car fell on top of his head. And, uh, at that time they called my dad, which used to be a cop. And, uh, my mom and myself, and said, Hey, your son was in an accident. So I got in the car with them and I came to the, to the incident scene. And I told my mom, you know, you know this is, it's not looking good. And, uh, it was two white cops, my two brothers that got out. I don't know how they got out of that car, but they got out and they were trying to lift the vehicle off his head. He was pinned up under the car and the two white cops was laughing as they was trying to lift the car off my brother's head. And uh, I told my mom and dad, I said, y'all never have to worry about anything happening to anybody in our family, our loved ones, our friends ever again. I'm going to join the police force after that.
0: Mm. Man, I, I did, I, you just told me something I didn't even know. Um, I did not know that. Yeah. So as always, is. Um, man, my condolences on that. But that's, uh, Thank you, my but that, that that is definitely, uh, that's something that, You know, you said you said to your parents that you would never have to worry about anything again. And I can attest to the fact that when when I'm around you, you know, which is why I put one of my precious commodities, if not one of the most precious commodities, my mother, I put her in your hands as well. When I'm not around, Um, I definitely, you know, feel that way. You know, I feel like you know, totally secured and I don't have to worry about anything when, when you're around for sure. So you definitely have accomplished that and exude that in every part of your being, (laughs) Uh, you know, um, absolutely, absolutely, man. Um, and that's not just talk because there's a lot of people who can talk the talk, but can't walk the walk. You know what I'm saying?
2: Understand. Yeah. So I I I really appreciate you,
0: appreciate you for in that sense, my brother, you know, all right. All right. So how long were you with the force?
2: Six years. Six years. And uh the reason why I left it's uh the reason why I left I would have stayed there and retired, but I walked in and caught my ex wife with her sergeant. You know, they was entertaining one another. At the police station? In my at my house. Oh, hold on. Back what
0: where, where your drink at? Get your drink. Get your drink right now. Yep, go on go on it. and take take it to the head. Take it to the head. Go on. I ain't mad at that one. Go on. Hmm. Okay. So so tell me about that. What happened
2: I was Left one police department, went to another police department. And Carl, you familiar with Detroit? Cause you have family out there as well, don't you?
0: Oh yeah, I'm familiar with Detroit.
2: Okay. Detroit was is, out is, at, is uh, it's,
0: it's a crazy spot, man.
2: Oh yeah, I was, when I was out there, it was the number one murder capital back in 94 to 2000. So, um, I actually got off work and the wife said, we need to get, I need to make some more money. So I joined another police force. And, uh, that was, uh, Farmington Hills. Uh, hospital. I joined a police force at the hospital. And it's a good old boy. I was the only black guy that was allowed to work as a police officer there. So I went off and left my lunch because I normally carried my lunch for both jobs. But I forgot my second lunch for my second job. That's what happened. I came home at 2.30 in the morning and uh, my daughter wasn't was at the house. My baby wasn't at the house. I guess my ex-wife had taken my daughter to her sister's house and she was entertaining her sergeant at my house.
0: So so she was uh, she was in the force as well, you said?
2: She was in law enforcement as well. Okay. yeah. So I told her and him, I said, don't say anything. I'm going to tell you right now, brother, the way you are, that's the way you're going to walk out of here. You can either walk out or get carried out. But you only got two seconds to get out of my house because he didn't break in. He wasn't raping her. You know, mm-hmm. he was allowed. Her. So I gave the brother a pass. And later I just went on and divorced the wife. And that's what made me leave the police department back.
0: So you didn't, you didn't suspect
2: anything, though? Man, I was too busy. I was working two police jobs. You know, when you're doing police work, you don't have.
0: I mean, but you wasn't clearly wasn't applying for a detective position.
2: No, 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 (laughs) no. (laughs)
0: your investigative skills was kind of kind of off at that point just just want to say just you weren't you weren't really
2: uh... (laughs) well you know what Uh, to be totally honest with you a a lot of guys go a lot of guys go through the same things that the women go through when they're in law enforcement Mm -hmm. especially by her being in law enforcement she know she you know she's smart too so she told Mm -hmm. me to go ahead and make some extra money so we can have some Extra money to get all the family some gifts mm. around Christmas time. So I wasn't thinking about nothing. I was new to Detroit. You know, I was a baby out of water.
0: How long had y'all been together at that point?
2: Uh, oh man, we got married in '94. We got married. I'm saying 94. We at
0: that time that that happened. How long had y'all been together?
2: Uh, it was into the sixth year that I got wow. married. Wow. wow. So, I mean, she had been kicking it with this guy the whole time we were married.
1: Wow. Wow. Well,
2: you know, police officers are human, too. We go through the same adversities that everybody else go through. you know. Of course. All
0: right. So so that happened. OK, And you dealt with that uh, in the best way that you possibly could. Um, and then you moved. Is that correct? You moved at that point?
2: Yeah, I moved. I moved back to Dallas, back home, back okay. to Dallas. Back and I joined I started working for the federal government, uh, as a federal contractor in the security department. And uh at that point in time, they was getting ready to make me the captain. Like I am now here in Atlanta, but uh I had got a job in LA, but prior to getting that job in LA, I stopped a possible terrorist attack at the FBI and D E A building.
0: Okay, talk to us talk to us about that. Yeah, tell tell us about that.
2: That's when uh At that time, let me see, that was in 2000. It was a Caucasian guy setting up shop, getting ready to start shooting all the CIA. I mean, not CIA, but the FBI and DEA agents. And uh, me and another officer was working at the FBI compound and the DEA, DEA compound as well. So he said, hey, you see the guy in the truck? I said, yeah. I said, train your camera on it. So he trained the camera on the guy. And I said, well, I'm going to go and investigate. Just call the FBI and DEA and tell them we got a suspicious vehicle that's parked up on the bridge area where he could have been shooting and taking everybody out.
0: Okay, so let's, let's, let's go back. Let's, let's work backwards. So that was part of your job. What was your job description? Like what was, was what was
2: the? My job was security for, uh, for the FBI and the DEA.
0: I know. Oh, so you, so you, okay, okay. So your job was to 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 watch their compound.
2: Right. We was watching okay. their compound, keeping their compound safe.
0: Okay. Okay. And so you watch out for suspicious activity and things like that?
2: Possible terrorist attacks and then dealing with foreign and domestic terrorists. Okay. So, so then what happened? Uh, the guy, uh, I jumped over the fence, uh, ran up the hill and started crawling like I was in the army or something and uh, came up on the truck. And uh, when I got up, the guy had he had a 308 rifle. He had a Uzi. He had a uh, he had an AR-15, AK-47, and he had over a thousand rounds in his truck. And he was snorting cocaine and popping pills. So I tapped on the window with my weapon, and I said, "If you move, you dead." how it went down.
0: And and he just he just gave up the goods, or
2: he couldn't move, man. I was right up on him, and at that time, everybody, all the agents, was there.
0: That's sounded crazy.
2: Yeah, that's what we call homegrown terrorism.
0: So speaking of homegrown, speaking of homegrown terrorism, you think about what's going on in that insurrection that happened uh, a couple of weeks ago. Talk about
2: yeah. it. Dealing with that insurrection that went on a couple of weeks ago, uh, we're still on high alert at our federal location. Uh, matter of fact, I contacted uh, Miss uh, Congresswoman uh, Maxine Waters. At the time, it was occurring, and I was calling her. And I said, "Oh, you okay? He said, me and my constituents are in the basement or in the tunnel area. And we do have our security with us, but we are definitely afraid. We can't seem to get any help. I said, well, just stay where you are until, you know, just stay where you are until help arrives. You know, and that's it. that was it. But I could so, tell at that time she was afraid and frantic for their life.
0: So you, you contacted her personally?
2: Yeah, I have a personal phone number. So you, you've done. I, I protected her before.
0: So that was like one of the first people you thought of at the time?
2: Mm-hmm. Because I used to work so, for Cynthia McKinney as well.
0: Okay. So, so I mean, it's safe to say that a lot of these Trump supporters have proven themselves to be extremists. And, you know, that's Very a, that's a, you know, an Very extremist extreme. group. How, however they appear to look, I mean, you know, slash everyday citizen. Uh so what additional measures do you feel are needed in order to prevent future antics from from this particular group what would you suggest
2: what i would suggest they would have to change out the whole cabinet uh they would have to investigate the whole cabinet like uh they definitely need to do that because anything that occurs like that is the inside job and if you guys been watching the video footage every time they show different footage you see that they got like what 31 Capitol police officers that uh, was involved in the direction uh, as well as some of the uh, Republican counterparts.
0: I think a lot of people, a lot of, you know, uh, people, you know, average citizens as well. Definitely. saw. I mean, videos don't lie. I mean, and we we definitely felt like there was definitely a lot of uh, inside inside help. I mean, you know, we, we literally saw people opening up the barricades, literally talking about coming this way when I mean, you got you got officers in there taking selfies uh,
1: mm-hmm.
0: with them. So mm-hmm. what, I mean, how, how did that make you feel when you saw that, when you were watching well, what was going on? I, I,
2: when I was watching it, I was shooting that footage. Whatever I saw on the news uh, that came up on my phone, I was able to shoot it to uh, uh, the congresswoman and let her see some of the footage that was going on while they was in hiding. And uh, they did a full investigation. They're still doing a full investigation. Mm-hmm. Anytime anything of this consequences, uh, anything like this occur, it's, it's always an inside job because you can go in the Capitol building numerous of times and you still wouldn't know which way to go. They so, showed one, uh, they showed one congressman walked out the door and left the door open for the protesters to come in. And then he went through another door.
0: What do you think their goal was? What do you think their mission was?
2: Uh, to kill. To kill. Like they were saying they was going to do, they was going in there to kill Nancy Pelosi. They was going in there to kill Vice President Pence. They were going to take him out. They were going to take anybody that wasn't part of the, their group out.
0: Hmm. So at what level do you think the threat is at now? I mean, obviously you said you guys are still on high alert. But, yeah. I mean, what, what kind of internal threat do you feel is still associated?
2: Well, It's major is major cuz we still on high alert uh, as we speak right now we actually all had to do a scenario on all the federal contract they wanted us to do all scenarios to what would you do if protesters approach your compound and would you draw your weapon and would you shoot them and stuff like that so we had to okay. answer all those questions
0: Pri- prior to this happening so basically they they already had training prepared is what you're saying for this type of thing because this is something, no, part of didn't. the process.
2: They didn't have any training prepared. Oh. If They would have had training prepared and that would have happened.
0: Even though you're saying it's an inside situation, though.
2: Inside, because that means people give, as like, let's say at your home and you got somebody working at your home or uh, protecting you. The only way somebody going to get in your home, they got to know this, the layout of your home. They got to know the soft spot. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. They got to know where, where you don't have any cameras located and where they can't mm-hmm. be seen. That's the only way people can get in, and once they get in, somebody got to allow them the access to get in. You know, because right now we're living in a day and time where it's a different world. Now that the Democrats have taken over, the Republicans don't want that to happen. They want. They want. They still not done. That was just the beginning of the tip of the iceberg.
0: So you 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 think there's more to come?
1: Yeah,
2: there's more to come.
0: So what should we do? What should we do? But what should people do? Well, first of all, this is a two part question, right? Do you believe that there's a greater threat to the average American citizen or obviously to the black American citizen? Because right now yeah, right, okay. pe- people are looking at this like, you know what, man, uh, you know, this ain't our fight. They're not they not trying to they're not, they not trying to hurt us. Let them let them goofy ass white boys alone and let them let them go do what they got to do. Maybe they'll make it better for us. That's that's been some people's opinion.
2: On a real note, racism just showed its ugly face with all that occurred. Mm-hmm. You know, they knew it was racism, but now they know it's out there all over the world. And yeah, we as black folks really need to be careful.
0: So what, 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 what kind of advice would you give?
2: Uh, I tell most of the celebrities that I know and protected, I tell them do not leave without your uh, security personnel. Uh, you know, before you go anywhere make sure you have your security personnel with you at all times. Uh tell the average person, go to the gun range, learn how to shoot. Uh but please don't shoot all your all your ammo out because you know, they make it to where it's hard to come by. Uh always make sure you have your area where you work or where you live illuminated. Okay. And always make sure wherever you go you have a point of contact or who you you let someone know where you're going, what time you'll get there, what time you arrive, what time you're coming back or just give them an estimate because you got to have a point of origin whenever something occurred to where in case something do occur, they know where to start. A lot of
0: times, a lot of times...
2: Our people don't let us know that. Our kids don't let us know that. And like, you know, I think I listened to, I listened to one, a couple of your podcasts where you said the kids always think you're trying to investigate them and see what they're doing. No, you're trying to protect them. at all, by all yeah. means, necessary.
0: Yeah. I mean, look, I mean, you check on me all the time, man. You know what I mean? We check on each other every other day. You can't, yeah. you can't know, you, you'll be somewhere and just hit me up and be like, hey, you good? You all right? Well, you yeah. at? Yeah. you all right? You need something? You want something? You good? And that's what we yeah, got to do doing. more of, man. We got to check on each other. You know, we got to check on each other more often.
2: Indeed. In um, another thing, I, I know you're busy, man. That's why when I check on you you say, hey, man, I'm working. I'm, I'm on the set. That's okay. Just holler at me when you can. I'll let you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just want to, hey, as long as I hear your voice and know you are okay, you are okay. Facts, facts, facts.
0: Like I said, we just got to, you know, all those who are in earshot of me, man, you know, check on somebody, man. Call somebody, you know. You know, don't wait for somebody to call you and be like, man, they don't call me, but you don't, if you don't call them, they ain't calling you, you know, right. you have to uh, nurture and and, and 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 be the bridge, be the gap, you know, so, you got to ten, ten, right. well, tend to things, you know what I'm saying, be the bus driver, you know, be the leader. In, in right. these situations, and sometimes, you know, for those who are out there listening to me, man, you know, people that are in your life, life is short. Life is short. If you love them and you care about them, and they're a part of your life in some sort of way, uh, you know, just just check on them. You know, a lot of times, I credit myself, or I've been told as well, like because I'm the oldest, and you know, a lot of times people see you as the strongest, right? Because you always carry a lot of responsibility and, and a lot of things on your shoulders. And they think you good because you carry it well, mm-hmm. you know, but the crown is heavy, oh, yeah. you know, I mean, and sometimes we need somebody to check on us, too. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You need somebody to check on you sometime, man. You know, just just to let let you know that you are being thought of in that way, because you never know sometimes when your brother is in need or your sister's in need. um. So I say that to say, man, reach out, and check on somebody, man, you know. And call somebody tonight. Call somebody as soon as this thing is over, man. As soon as you, after you hear this, you know, call somebody. Just make sure they're good.
2: And you know what, uh, Call My mother told me, God bless her soul, she's gone now. He said, your gift will make room for you in the end. A lot of people don't know what their gifts are. Right. And that's the problem. Whatever you're good in, that's what your gift is.
0: Your gift and your purpose are tied together. Come on, now. Come on now. Your gift and your purpose are tied together. Your gift is yours, but it's not yours alone. It's yours to share.
2: And I tell everybody, go to Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5 through 6. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart. Lean not thy own understanding and all thy ways. And knowledge Christ, me, will direct your path. Hey, okay. Ain't nobody it is, perfect.
0: It is ain't nobody, it ain't ain't nobody perfect. It's Sunday. <laughs> I just <laughs> had <someone laughs> to down here. It's It's backsliding Sunday for some of us.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you
0: know we ain't perfect. He looks at, he do, but he knows a heart. That's the thing. He he know your heart. I mean, the flesh is always going to be the flesh, you know. But the spirit, the spirit is 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 what he knows, and he knows the heart. He knows what's on the inside. Let me ask you a question: Uh, is there is there is there a, a case, right? Is there a case, a landmark case or cases that motivated you, or either haunt you from your time in law enforcement? You know what I'm saying? Was there something that stands out? That's like memorable that either haunts you or motivated you.
2: It may be. Uh, I know I had a case where I went through Wendy's and to uh, grab something to eat, and uh, I saw the people talking about they were selling firearms and they were putting it in the bags and they were selling it to to some of the people that was coming through the drive-through in Wendy's in Michigan. And uh, I reported that to my higher ups, and uh, they told me not to. Not to deal with it. It was personal. And I said, well, if we putting our weapons on the street, then why are we out here on the street? Because our weapons are going to be the ones that's going to be the death of us. But don't worry, we'll handle that. So that tell me that it was more than what was going on in law enforcement, uh, than I knew, you know, cause you have a lot of people that's in law enforcement. That's good guys and the bad guys.
0: So, so what do you, just, just shoot, shoot it to me straight. What do you think that was about?
2: Uh, they was selling our uh, off duty weapons to, uh, the, the bad guys. Bad guys would come through Wendy's and purchase the firearms the drive them, like they were buying burgers.
0: But there were there were there were pol- government issued weapons at the front door. Now was this a per- so so personal in terms of that's how they was making their money, or do you, it, but do you think there was a bigger picture in terms of like yeah. you know it was a bigger let's,
2: picture.
0: Let's go ahead and let them kill each other. That kind
2: of yeah, thing. Yeah, that kind of picture. Because the only way a lot of these weapons are getting into black neighborhood, they that they're either either uh, dropping them in the in the alleyways of people of the hood, or are they selling them through a drive-through window at a restaurant, a burger restaurant.
1: Wow. There's A lot okay.
2: of things going on with the eye. We encountered some guys in Michigan when I was on the force in Michigan and, uh, Northland. We had a hundred-mile radius that we had to cover. Remember Northland Mall, right?
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, that was the mall.
2: Yeah. That was the that was mall right there.
0: You was a if you went to North. First of all, you couldn't say N O R T H. You had to say N O R F. Northland. You know go. what I'm saying? Northland. If you was if you was caught Northland, you was balling. You yep. know? You that bawling. was where all the honeys yeah. were. That's where you went to spend your 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 stimulus back then. Your uh, tax check. <laughs> all of that.
2: That that hey, that was the main place to be located at because everything was gonna go down at Northland.
0: Yeah, that is also <laughs> where, <laughs> where you might want to duck a couple of times. See?
2: Well, well, yeah, we had that too. We had shootouts and fights and. and you know, but
0: anyway, go ahead, tell your story. I ain't going to interrupt. Go
2: ahead. Oh man, I mean, it was, at one time we was chasing a guy, you know, the guy committed armed um, robbery at Northland Mall and one of the jewelry stores, and we was chasing him. And apparently, he was had a phone in his hand. That's when they had the remember they had the little the, the little battery phone. The big phone.
0: Yeah, it looked like a big old brick. We called them the bricks. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. Different, different, guy, different brick
0: term. Different yeah, brick term. But you know yeah,
2: what I'm saying? Yeah. When we call this guy, this guy has been eating, you know, candy. What you call that? Uh, uh, the wine candy. The little wrappers, and he was dropping them from the car as he was driving. Mm-hmm. But he didn't drive that far. He went over to a bank. He was posted up at a bank, and uh, his buddy was robbing a bank. Oh, they had a plan. You know, anything that goes on at uh, a at, at, uh, Northland area was going to go down. So at that time, we approached the car, and uh, we had a white Hummer. That's the first I I saw a Hummer back in, the, that was back in what, the 80s, the 90s, when they started making Hummers. It was a monkey tent wonder, all white, pearl white Hummer. And when we approached the Hummer, the guy rolled the window down and said, don't mess with that other vehicle ahead of me and uh, we was getting ready to get this guy and take him in custody, and the guy pulled out his bag and said I work for the CIA that's when I first met a CIA agent
0: wait the sort of you saying the CIA dude was in the Hummer
2: yeah CIA
0: guy was in the Hummer oh he was he was okay okay go ahead I see
2: so we like okay Sir, uh let me back up and call my sergeant. I called the sergeant, <laughs> me and other officers and we said, Hey Sergeant, this guy I D is uh C I A. He said, Well do me a favor. He said, uh oh, you guys uh stand down. See that area, and stand down. So apparently they had something else something else bigger going on than what we was dealing with. So we left the scene.
0: Okay, but you can't leave a story like
2: that, nigga. What happened? Hey, we just had to leave it like it was. Uh they didn't want to give us no more information. We were just told to leave the scene of the area. Okay. I'm telling you what I dealt with when I was on the force It's it's some stuff, man, that I, I can never imagine in life. What what
0: okay. Again, you can't make statements like that, brother, without telling me exactly what that
1: means.
2: Well, apparently the guy that we was trying to trying to take into custody was the guy that was working for them. He helped catch oh, another guy. Man. That was bigger than it was a bigger fish that they was there to catch. So that's Got why you. we were told to lose the scene. Okay. Got you you know, in in Michigan, you don't know what you're going to run up on in law enforcement.
0: Any regrets from your time in law enforcement?
2: No, man. Matter of fact, I would have stayed in it. I I would have stayed in it. I don't have any regrets. I was enjoying the people because you're supposed to treat everybody like you want to be treated. You know, you treat people with respect people will
0: respect you. Well, we know that, okay, yeah. here on the Black Arm of the Law, we've had numerous conversations where we talk about the disparities between the Black and the Brown community in law enforcement. A lot of the times it's looked at as us versus them, but when you're Black and you're also wearing a badge, I feel it's important to hear from that perspective or that side of things because, you know, I think people need to understand that not everybody feels like it's an us against them situation as well, especially when you're one of us or one of them. So you're right. did you find that I want to talk a little bit about that mentality, the us versus them mentality or the blue wall and the blue line?
2: Well, we, the blue wall, we never discussed the blue wall because you know, that's, that's something like you know, dealing with mafia, you know, you can never go against the police. You have to let that go. You know, if you if you catch another officer doing something, you can't turn them in, or else they'll hold you or they'll try to take you out.
0: When did you hear that? Right? Did you hear that like when you got in? Someone told you, yeah. "Hey,
2: yeah." Or was there,
0: that. An, or was there an actual incident that happened, and then you were like, "Oh."
2: Well, it, it, they call that the code. Most guys was in uh had just got freshly out of the Marines, and they were saying, "Hey, we have a code uh, that we don't go against our guys, even if they're wrong." Well, hell, I'm not the one y'all want to be talking to about that because if they're wrong, I'm, I'm going against them.
0: You you said that?
2: Yeah, I said that. I, I mean, I had a, I had a lot of fights after I, I said that because I guess they want to see if I was tough enough.
0: Oh, tell me about that. Tell me about tell me about one of those. Yeah. Tell me about
2: that. I had two white officers that was on our voice that uh, told me if you tell on us, they had, we had caught this brother that was shoplifting and uh, he said he didn't have any money. He, he was trying to take care of his family. And, and I said, Hey man, you know, you can't do this. You know, the white officers got up there and they grabbed him and they said, you going to jail. And they started beating him and, you know, they had already had him in cuff. I said, Hey guys, y'all uh, stop. They're like, F you. And then they said the N word. So I don't I wait up, a I minute. Said,
0: no, no, wait no. a second. See, yeah. see. And this is what people need. to under, OK, OK. You're dressed, obviously, in uniform. You on the team. Everybody's supposed mm-hmm. to be on the same team. Same people that's telling mm-hmm. you we on the same team. Right. That in order to beat beat another brother in handcuffs. Like, that's not surprising. Mm-hmm. Right. We, we, we have way too many they stories of that happening. Thanks.
2: When I stopped and, then, and they turned
0: on me. And called you to, now, are you, were y'all a part yeah. of the same precinct? A part of the yeah, same Yeah, we were the same
2: precinct. I'm talking about the officers that work for our department. Wow. So I, okay, I, then,
0: I, then what happened? Tell them what
2: happened. They said, we to help you up. You knew, you knew to the job. I said, okay. So I put the guy, I put the guy in the corner and I said, I said, hey, whatever you do, you stay behind me. I said, we, let's make it happen. You know, i worries, babe. Let's make it do what it do. So they start, I whooped their ass. I, I whooped their ass. I placed them in cuffs. Oh, I wish we had a had
0: cell phones then
2: man you don't know I called the sergeant the sergeant came I had a I had a white sergeant and black sergeant
1: mm-hmm.
2: the white sergeant told the black sergeant hey go to the area justice said he just had an issue with two of our officers that was beating on him, a suspect so when the black sergeant got there he's like hey man these motherfuckers have been causing them problems all the time I'm glad you whooped their ass he said leave the ass in cuffs Mm-hmm. So we left their ass in cups and we called some other officers to take them in we called black officers to take their asses in
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> and the, and you told them what happened of course
2: yeah I told them what I had to I had to write in my report exactly what occurred and what happened
0: so what what ended up happening to them
2: they both got fired because there was a lot of people watching it and i know they they have their laws for them and they have their laws for us Mm-hmm. But they didn't. They couldn't do nothing, man. The way they beat that dude, man, it was just unbelievable.
0: So, needless to say, this caused a rift or a lot of tension between you and other officers, right? Because, yeah. or, or was that a sign of respect at some point? I mean, obviously, no, I,
2: got, I got, I got respect after that. The brothers gave me a lot of respect,
0: right? But I'm talking about in terms of the fellow white officers, right?
2: I got yeah, I got respect from them too.
0: That's awesome. That's awesome. And see, that's the thing that we talk about on here. Uh, I, you know, it's about accountability. It's about accountability, Listen, right?
2: Right. So you call a lot of people don't know your background. They don't know what type of training my father. My father trained me because he was Green Beret, and he said he trained. It was I'm the baby out of six kids, five boys and one girl. He trained all of us how to fight and shoot. It's so we'll Get it twisted you got to be able to take care of yourself when I'm not there for you.
0: But I'm talking about in in regards to officers, right, being held accountable for their behavior.
1: You Mm -hmm. know, and
0: other officers holding them accountable for their behavior, you know, Mm -hmm. so that this us against them mentality goes away.
2: Why you saying that? That's why I, I look at a lot of black officers. I said, ain't no real world. Y'all shouldn't allow all this stuff to happen. And y'all not deal with these white officers that way. You remember now, what I saw happen to my brother, I, d- I definitely wasn't gonna allow that to happen to anybody else's family member. Right. You know what I'm saying? That state, that's, that's right now in the day, that's in my mind. That's in my that's mind.
0: It's a, a motivating yeah. force.
2: Mm-hmm. It will not happen again up under my wife.
0: That's understandable. That's understandable. Brother, I commend you and I applaud you for for standing up. And again, you know, I hope these words uh, reach and and ring out to many, many of those who are listening and many other officers who might be listening to this as well. You know, we got to start holding each other accountable. That's the only way. And then obviously we got to change some of these laws. Some of these laws are, you know, uh, that are in in effect and policy laws and and policy.
2: The only way we can change the laws, the laws was mandated way before our time. Mm-hmm. So that means they have to go back and re- change the whole thing in the law because the law was only made for the black folks. It wasn't made for the white folks.
0: Speak on that. A lot of, a lot of times people, <laughs> and they use a lot of colorful words as, as if to say it was meant for everybody.
2: No, it's only meant for us. Uh, you know, we were going through the academy. You know, they was talking to us and one sergeant, white sergeant. to I you. Mean, why do you think they're building all the jails in the prison? The prison and the jails are all feel for the black folks or anybody that's not white. I like. They said that really? to you. Yeah. I said, really? He said, oh, yeah. I said, man, come on, man. I said that. I said, you know what? I believe in. I die what I believe in.
0: Any regrets from your time in law enforcement?
2: No. No. OK. I have any regrets. Awesome. Anyway, awesome. Man. I just wish all the, all the officers, some of the black officers are messed up, too. Because they don't try to take care of their own people.
0: And why do you think that is?
2: Because they program. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, they program. I think what they should do in the black area, they should have a white and black officer together, so the white officer know how to deal with the blacks, and then in the white area, they should have a white and black officer.
0: But it's got to really, be the, the right. Safe. But it's got to be the right officer. Clearly, it's got to right. be the right officer because you can't have you know? two. You know what I'm saying? Like based on what you're saying, you can't have one programmed. You know, you know what and I mean. Or not program? Yeah. Understand. I mean, no. I mean, listen. You you can have one program and a not program. That's gonna work, you know. But yeah, you right. can't have you can't have two two opposites program. That ain't that
1: ain't gonna work.
2: That ain't gonna work at all. And I'm gonna tell you a lot of things. Uh, the reason why they don't have a lot of good officers, is because of the pay. And if you look at it, you go to strip club. Strip club make more money than than a police officer in one night. Is that why a lot of
0: police officers? Do side jobs, uh, mm-hmm. so to speak. That's exactly why.
2: That's exactly why to make extra income to supplement their living, so they can be able to afford what they got.
0: Understandable. Understandable. So, you currently now work at uh, Hartsfield.
1: Mm-hmm. Yes. Hartsfield yes.
0: Right. Talk to me about that. Talk to me about
2: that. And,
0: well, and, and talk uh, to me. When did you did you start after nine one one or before nine one one?
2: No, I started after 911. one one I was in L.A. I was in L.A. in 03, working for uh, Gavin DeBecker and Associates, protecting the A-list stars at William Morris and CAA. Mm. So uh, I was protecting a lot of clients out there, a lot of high profile
0: Okay, well, well, we'll come back to the airport. Talk to me about the, some of these high. Uh, who are some of the high-profile clients that you can mention? Obviously, I don't know if how many uh, NDAs you signed. I guess, I mean, you know,
2: uh, Oprah Winfrey, uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger, uh, Bruce Willis, Kevin Costner. Shut up. Uh, yeah, Wesley Snipes. Okay, come uh, on, man. Denzel Washington. I mean, that's you just, it. You
1: that's just name dropping
0: now. Man. You are just playing now. You playing? You ain't even you, ain't, you? I feel like you're mm-hmm. making this up. Okay, so, so Oprah, you 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 worked personal security for Oprah Winfrey.
2: Mm-hmm. I worked at Oprah's mansion out of Santa Barbara. One of them.
0: Is it dope? I know she got a beautiful it's house. Dope. It's dope.
2: It's dope. It's dope. Yeah. It's dope. All right. She's a very sweet, sweet person. When I was working for her, I didn't have any issues. with her.
0: What What her body look like? She got a cute butt.
2: I ain't get all that. I don't okay. that All right. With I'm just tomorrow. saying. I'm just saying. I'm just
0: saying, man. You know, when I was on Martin, Cole had a thing for Oprah. You know what I'm saying? Cole was really trying to get with Oprah. Mm-hmm. He was really. He was really trying to get. <laughs> <laughs> was Steadman around?
2: Uh, Steadman was around. Matter of fact, you know, I remember Steadman went because he had a daughter that went not far from my house in Dallas. Uh, yeah, but Steadman was around back then. Yeah, Steadman's been around right. for a long time.
0: Mm-hmm. Right. Okay. Was Gail around too?
2: Yep. Gail was around as well.
0: Oh, okay. Three's, three's company.
1: What's
2: that man? What's that man?
0: Three. <laughs> I, I I ain't gonna go there. I ain't gonna, I, I ain't gonna go there. Okay. You said Arnold mm-hmm. Swanson. was. Tell me about Arnold. What was Arnold like?
2: Uh, Arnold was was cool. Uh, you remember when he was getting when he was running for governor? Mm-hmm. I had to do the advanced uh detail for that company back then. And uh, Gabby DeBecker, we was out in Sacramento, California. We went to Fresno first, and then we went to Sacramento, California. And we gave him like the presidential treatment. Mm-hmm. I think we had one guy approach the motorcade, and uh, out of all the white guys, I, I think I was the only black guy in the detail. And I, stopped, I stopped the guy approaching the detail, uh, the motorcade. Honor was kinda of impressed with that. So I would have been there, still there, but the wife chose to move here so our, our parents was getting old and he said let's move to Atlanta so we can uh be closer to our parents in case they pass home. We can do that. But the other than that I still work for you know, I still work for celebrity You know, you still know that, you know.
0: That. Yeah, oh yeah. No, no. I just I just you know, I mean listen, man, you're giving people an inside look at what it's like. To be in that world, okay, so let me see how I can phrase this question. Um, mm-hmm. out of the celebrities that you mentioned or did not mention, right? Mm-hmm. what what is the what's the most difficult or challenging thing you know with with working with celebrity clients? or should I say, should I say challenging, right? What are the challenges in working you know with with and what are the different types of celebrity clients that you've worked with? And when I say type, I'm talking about personality type, right?
2: Right. I got you. I'm gonna tell okay, you okay. What you, you
0: understand where I'm going with this, right?
2: I, I know. Cool. The difference oh, okay. in the challenge is, let's say I'm protecting you. You just finished doing a show and you know we already have a game plan where you're supposed to go. You might just, instead of going to the right, you go all the way straight to the left. We were not prepared for that. So now we got to cover that area. You know what I'm saying? And if you noticed it, uh, Vice President Joe Biden did that when he uh, became president, when, it was, when he was walking, in the motorcade and him with the family he do, he ran over to the crowd stuff like that so that's the stuff that you gotta be on the lookout for So you actually gotta be on your A-game when you're protecting you guys cause I treat everybody like that A-list stuff.
0: I'm talking about like I need I need you to tell me something you ain't gotta mention their name since we ain't gonna put no celebrities on blast right yeah, but, do that. but but I know you've had some difficult clients. clients and I'm not just talking about somebody who make a left or a right uh, like when Joe Uh, President Joe Biden, when he dipped off and went and said, what's up to Al Roker, you know, he'll go Mm -hmm. over and shake somebody's hand and and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. What are the challenges of of working with someone obviously who doesn't respect your your position or somebody who, you know, I mean, obviously I, I know that you're professional. I've seen that. Like, it doesn't matter what kind of personality these people have. I've watched you still do your job. You know, Chris, you know how to separate the two. But I'm asking you <laughs> to tell me a time or a story of when it was really difficult, even for you to 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 do your job. Uh, the difficult. And, and, and that's based on based on probably how you felt about the client. See what I'm saying? Right. I want give me the juice, man. Give me the goods, man. Okay,
2: The major problem is when they have an unannounced. Guests or visitors showing up that we don't have on the books that we need to be looking out for. And, uh, mm-hmm. they all of a sudden they show up and we're like, we don't know these people and we're not going to allow them access to you. And they say, Oh, yes, you will. So you have to take them and talk to them personally. And say, Hey, I'm not getting paid for off the book stuff. I'm getting paid for on the book stuff. At that point in time, I would tell you, you can go ahead and just separate me right now and pay me because I'm, I'm done. I need to go so, because so. my job is to protect you. Right. And no, no, it's, it's
0: okay. It's okay. That's my weed man. No, he could.
2: He could just let I don't him
1: care in. What he <laughs> he I'm
2: not a yes man, Carl. I'm not a yes man. That's, see, that's, that's what the problem is with most of these people that you protect. They are yes men. I'm not a yes man. Mm-hmm. What I get paid to do, my job is protect you. You, you the one paying the check. If I don't keep you alive, I don't get paid.
0: But okay, but give me a story. Tell me, tell me something. Tell me and tell me a story. And again, I don't want you to mention a name, but tell me a story about uh, something that happened and you can leave, you know, names out to protect the innocent, where, you know, it it either puts you in a predicament or you had to make a choice or a decision, you know.
2: I, I'm, I'm gonna tell you, I'm I'm glad you brought that up. Okay. Matter of fact, you you heard about the versus battle, J yes. and Gucci man. Yes, okay. yes. I got a phone call to run security for that detail. Gucci Man and GZ was trying to bring in 20 people. You know, we got the COVID going on, right? So now, they're not going to bring 20 people in. they only allow 10 people for each team, and we control that.
0: Right. Because you know, it would get out of hand. It's based on who you had, right?
2: Right. And you, and and right. I just, what I'm doing now, I'm just making it short and and sweet. Yeah. And they, they was, we, we told them, they did what we was instructed. Uh, for them to do. And we didn't have any issues. If you notice, you saw everything went smooth. Mm-hmm. But the Atlanta police was supposed to be working with me and they dropped the ball the day of the show, to make do you sure think, I called the other show. Do you
0: think they did that I on purpose? No,
2: I don't think they did it on purpose. They, when they work, they want to get paid in cash right away. And i told them with this job, you're not going to get paid in cash. They're going to probably take two or three weeks to pay. Even right. though the money man, Even though the money man was there. He could have paid us that night, but listen—they you know they,
0: they, they could have gave you the money out their daggone pocket. You know they carry money like that. All right, rapid fire, rapid fire thoughts. I want you to tell me the first thing that comes to mind when I ask you these questions. All right. All right. <laughs> George Floyd.
2: Good brother, that died for no reason at all.
0: Breonna Taylor.
2: Beautiful sister that died for no reason at all.
0: Black Lives Matter.
2: A great organization. I'm with them all the way.
0: Police reform.
2: The best way to reform them, they got to change out all the people that's already there.
0: Is there someone from your childhood? (laughs) If you could arrest them, (laughs) who would it be?
2: You really don't want to know that.
0: Oh yes, I do. I yeah. asked a question. I definitely want to know.
1: <laughs>
2: One of the brothers that used to come steal all my toys when I was a kid. <laughs> <laughs> What's his? What, what
0: was his name, man? What do you just L- give his first name?
2: Hey, I can't even remember his damn name, Carl. Because look, everybody hated this dude. This dude, he was just nothing but trouble.
0: He was a neighborhood bully.
2: Yeah, man, he was a neighborhood bully.
0: That's funny, he, but but that left a mark on you apparently.
2: <laughs> you know what? He made me who I am today because I had I fought him that day. Seriously. You know, back back when we was coming up, you didn't have a gun or a knife. You had to use these right here, baby. Use this. Mm-hmm. And you know that way, you either be bud or you go on your way.
0: Right. right. Nuck if you buck. Nuck if you buck.
2: Knuckle up, baby. do we tell. We say knuckle <laughs> up.
0: All right, you know I'm in TV and film, so I gotta ask, what was your favorite TV or film of law enforcement coming up?
2: Oh man, you gonna do that? Yeah. What? What? SWAT. Everybody's
0: favorite. Yeah, yeah, yeah. SWAT.
2: That's the Samuel Jackson SWAT. Right.
0: Swat, man. I tell you what, wow. man, I had fun talking to you today. I can't, I can't, uh, we got to bring you back so we can talk about a whole bunch of other stuff. We're going to do, we're going to do a, we're going to do a round robin is what we're going to do. KJ and I talked about basically, uh, we're going to do a cigar bar tour. So, you know, the spot that we go to there. All right. So look, when we, when we offline, I'm, I'm going to tell you about it. Cause I want you to hook that up with, with, with that guy. And that'll be okay. our spot. That'll be our spot when we come to Atlanta, because we're gonna okay. hit each city and state, and we're gonna do a, a roundabout with all the guests in the Cigar okay. Lounge. You feel me?
2: Yeah, man, that would be beautiful.
0: Yeah, yeah, man, beautiful thing, man. Yeah. Thank you for joining us today. Thank you for joining us. I know we we had a short time, uh, but I'm definitely gonna bring you back so we can get into a whole bunch of other stuff. You know what I mean? Uh. Hey. Thank Final you. thoughts. Final thoughts. What would you share with the people? Final thoughts. What are you going to share?
2: Stay true to yourself. Keep praying. Stay safe. We treat everybody like you want to be treated. And keep God first in your life.
0: And on that note, I'm going to say amen, amen, and amen again. And may the Lord watch between me and thee.
2: While we absent? One, one from, from the life. other. Hey! Come on, baby! <laughs> Hey, brother, I, just want, I just want to see cockroach right quick before you go. Cockroach, where you at, cockroach? Oh, you stupid.
0: <laughs> man, I thank you for joining us tonight, my brother. I appreciate your insight. Uh, you know, we 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 do this thing and you know, I'm so happy to be a part of this thing to be able to provide a platform for people like yourself to share their experiences and to offer up some insight and shine the light. Shine the light because the truth is in the light and that is where you should live, in the light. And I want to send that out to everybody out there. Find the light. Find the light. Light and love is where we should live, everybody. Light and love. This concludes another episode of Black Arm of the Law. I'm your host, once again, the one and only Carl MF in Pain. Black Arm of the Law is hosted by Carl Payne. Produced by Ken Johnson, Bart Phillips, and Carl Payne. Assistant producer, Lauren Turner. Consulting producers, FBI Special Agent Retired Don Taylor and FBI Special Agent Retired George Graves. Edited by Rick Chill. Theme music by Jeff Redd, courtesy of Soul Real Records. Executive producers, Ken Johnson and Bart Phillips find black arm of the law on apple Podcasts or wherever you get your
1: podcast black arm of the law is a mean old lion media production